Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. We are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, right now, listen. Everybody to the Mind Poppers podcast. Before we say anything, let me say this. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who so far has um, gone onto the supporter page of the podcast and supported Mind Poppers. It means a great deal. Like I said, the podcast isn't free to create, and that's just the reality of the situation. It ain't. There is bills to pay, there is overheads to pay. Um, you know, just in terms of like monthly hosting fees and the software, monthly subscriptions. Like, I won't get into it. I won't bore you with the details. But everyone who has donated so far to the Mind Poppers Fund, <laughs> really for a cure. <laughs> there is no, no this and no, no more. <laughs> there is no better place for your charitable money to be going right now. There is no better cause. There are no sick children or endangered animals more worthy of the money that you're sending to Mind Poppers right now. And I want you to go to sleep at night knowing that you're making a change for the better. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you everyone who, who has sent in money because I'm able to check on my dashboard, you know, and read all your notes of people who have sent in um oh, excuse me i got a notification on linkedin there and it, the biggest joke in the world why I, oh my god why i'm on linkedin it's actually embarrassing my linkedin page is embarrassing like linkedin i'm sorry going off a tangent linkedin will just never be a place for me where i feel comfortable never linkedin like all these people sharing like these amazing, I mean, I mean, half, I mean, look, they're not amazing. You've seen people that have like written a report and they're like, oh my God, you guys, I've written a report. And everyone's like, congratulations on your success. And everybody on LinkedIn talks like, you know, they're on the Wolf of Wall Street or they're just so professional. Um, and like, I'm friends with these people and I'm going onto my friends' LinkedIn's and I'm like, really, this is the way you talk. Like, I have seen you do some fucked up shit, okay? I have seen you do some real fucked up shit, man. So I don't want to see you, like, you know, acting all business-like, professional on LinkedIn. Because I was like, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Um, I'm like, people doing, like, all these photos for LinkedIn, like, it's the perfect, like... I'm not into that. I don't do that. Like, you know, I have a photo and it's like, I literally had to spend ages blurring out the cigarette in my hand on my LinkedIn profile, you know? And as well, I hate the fact that you cannot even go for a creep on LinkedIn 
without LinkedIn, link because LinkedIn are fucking narcs, man. They will let a bitch know that you've been creeping on their page. Like it'll be like, oh, Adam O'Reilly has viewed you, you know. And I don't like that because half the time you're looking up someone on LinkedIn, it's usually someone who you've probably met professionally. So you want to get like a skinny um, on what they're about and you can't because they will be let known. The truth will be heard that you have been looking at their page. So that's why I'm not really into LinkedIn for look a multitude of reasons. I hate LinkedIn. But going back, um, I want to say yes, thank you everyone who's donated. I can't remember where, where I left off with this whole donations thing. <clears throat> but yes, it pays for, it helps pay for just the, the monthly hosting fees and the overheads and whatever. I won't, again, I won't bore you with the details. Um, but I've been able to read everybody's notes that they've sent in with their donations. It means a lot. Some of you were incredibly generous um, in supporting the Mind Poppers podcast. So everyone who has um, supported us, thank you from the bottom of my cold black heart. Um, everyone who has not supported us, well then. <laughs> I'm only messing, I'm only messing. I know, look, I know a lot of you are broke. A lot of you are broke bitches, I know. Okay, I know. Um, but look, every little helps, obviously, in keeping in keeping these doors open. <laughs> you know, so funny. Um, I guess this can be counted as a mind popper, but so funny. Well, I went for a walk with a friend the other day, okay, um, and we just got we were just chatting shit, you know, uh, and something came up in conversation. It was. Extravision. Okay, you remember Extravision, yes, the place where you go and get your rented DVDs, your rented movies, your games, whatever, etc. Um, and I felt like it just had unlocked a memory. And it, I know, my God, Extravision, it's not that long ago, really, to be unlocking any memories. But it just feels like we've had Netflix, I mean, Netflix and streaming services and all that have become such an important important institution in the way we consume entertainment that it just seems like the days of extravision are like so back yonder that it's even hard to we ever even live like that we ever even consumed like that I was just talking to my friend and thought it was just so funny like the days before streaming of like going down I remember I used to go down with my parents and you know when you were going to extravision and I think anyone like in their 20s plus would be able to relate to this. But when we were going down to Extravision, it was a treat, you know? Like we weren't going down to, we were going down to Extravision maybe once a week, you know? And my parents had rent a movie and I'd rent a movie. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's not like Netflix, obviously. We were just sat on your fat hole scrolling for hours. And then eventually, you know, like looking for a movie. Like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie now tonight. And then you keep looking for hours and hours, don't you? And you get so frustrated because you can't find anything. There's no, like, needle in that shit haystack. So you just throw on, like, whatever, like, easy-to-watch series you've had running for the last, you know, couple of months. It's always the way, absolutely always the way, unless it's a big movie up, there's everyone's talking about, there's fuck all to watch. So it brought me back to this simplicity. And the beauty and the simplicity of going to Extravision, because you knew when you went down with your parents and you were picking out your DVD that you, you were like, fuck Adam, fuck it. I have one shot at this. I have one shot at this, all right? You're getting one movie a week. Here is your time to shine. Don't fuck it up. So, I mean, it was actually a time when you'd, like, go through all the different movies, you know, in Extravision, and it was a time where you'd, like, 
pick up the box and read the back of it because you knew that everything you know depended on this one decision whether you were going to have a good movie experience or not and it was that kind of simplicity where sometimes this like surplus of choice is actually a bad thing which I'm sure a lot of us would agree with I know I'm not the only one who is just sick and tired of going through all these streaming sites so it brought me back to that simplicity and that whole the power of like don't fuck this up don't fuck this up and it used to be so annoying because you'd find them I remember you'd find a movie and like my parents like were not necessarily that strict you know we weren't raised in like a super religious cult or anything but you know and they were still I mean I think it was just kind of an easy guidelines so I was like right we're not going to church that much you know okay we're not doing exactly everything by the book of like the good parenting good book so what we will adhere to is the age restrictions on dvds so like when i was younger and if a dvd was 16 even if i was 15 my mom would be like i don't care if you're 16 i don't care if you're 15 you're not 16 and you have to be 16 years old before you get to look at true barrymore's honkers like that adam you know so it was very annoying okay i literally had to wait till i was 16 to see drew barrymore's honkers um and again, oh my God, I don't even talk to me about the 18s. Like, we were going to be 18 before we got to see, you know, whatever the 18s were watching, okay? Cameron Diaz honkers. So, like, my parents were strict in that, and that was, again, another frustration. But, um, you know what, I remember um, there was this also this feeling about extravision, this exclusivity. Like, all your friends would be on about, like, this movie that they rented in extravision. So you'd, like, bait down, like, with your parents to rent the movie. And the movie would be sold out. Be like, extra be like, sorry, no, we've no more copies of the DVD. Like, come on. Like, imagine looking back now to that, where, like, Netflix, of course, is just an abundance. You know, there's more than enough for everybody to go around. It's about this mass consumption. Exhibition had that kind of exclusivity, you know? Like, if the movie was sold out, you're going to have to wait another week. Whereas now... And I remember, actually... I was saying to my friend, like, remember when you'd, like, you'd finally, like, settle on a DVD, you'd, like, and you were happy with your decision, you'd made peace with it, what you were going to be watching, um, and then the DVD be scratched, you'd be halfway through the movie, and, like, Drew Barrymore would be like, ah, you know, that kind of a thing, and you're like, are you kidding me, are you fucking kidding me, Extravision, so Extravision as well, it was also, like, a dangerous game, you know? It really was about just putting your, your rolling the dice. It was all about rolling the dice. And there was that kind of excitement that added to Extravision, which we just don't get anymore. Now, of course, while I am shitting on the abundance of streaming that stuff like um, Netflix and Amazon and all that offer, okay, Extravision really, really had its problems. Like, I remember... All right, like extravision was run like the fucking military, right? If you weren't of age, you didn't have ID, you weren't getting the DVD. They weren't renting it out to you. Like I remember being down there with my friends and having to ring our fucking parents, being like, "Oh, is it okay if Adam gets this DVD?" You know, like having to put the extravision person on the phone to my mother, and then the extravision my mom would be like, "And is the DVD suitable? What kind of stuff's in the DVD?" And the extravision lady be like, now there is some tits, Angela. There is some tits around 47 minutes in on the DVD. And I just want to let you know that as a mother. So it would be like, no, no, no tits for Adam. 
Okay, well, and look how that turned out. Look how that fucking turned out. <laughs> but um, I think that the biggest malpractice of extravision, okay, it was it was really the the what's the word I'm looking for? The hindrance, the 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 just basically the aspect that you had to return these DVDs. And I think Extravision usually had a three day return policy. So you'd rent your DVD and then three days later at a certain time, I'm guessing, the DVDs had to be returned. They had to be returned. And like whatever, it's, it wasn't like a library book, all right? Like we all have library books. And I have library books under my bed from like almost two decades ago, okay? And I know when I go to return that book, that all these late fees, it's the, I'm going to end up having to pay the library like five euro. Okay? So, I mean, hello? That's not pushing me to return the library books. There's no fear in that five euro. No bother. For sure. For sure. Okay? Like, I don't care. You know? We can wait till that's 30 euro in what? In another two decades. Or whatever. Three decades. That's still fine. You know? I'm not in any rush to bring back the library books that I checked out from 20 years ago. I'm not. My extravision was a different story because they were putting on those late fees. You know, they were like, it was by the day you were getting those late fees and those late fees would build up because you would be, you know that you were going to be going renting again. So the whole thing was like, you'd go down and you'd go to rent a DVD and they'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, can I, can, can I just check out this DVD? I'm just looking to check out the, the new Harry Potter film. And they'd be like, no bother. And they'd do the little, like in the computer, like, and they're like, beep, 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 beep. And they're like, oh, oh, you want to check this DVD out? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes, please. And they're like, oh, you want to check this DVD? Well, because according to the system, okay, you've got some late fees, Adam. You've got some late fees. And until those late fees are paid, we don't think we can check this out to you. And you'd be like, oh my God, how much are my late fees? And they'd be like, 13 euro. And you'd be like, <gasps> because it, it would cost like what? Like a four euro to rent a DVD? So when all these late fees checked up and you were broke, okay, back then we were all broke. So 14 euro or how much ever it was, 13 euro, that was an incredible amount of money to pay, especially when it's like three times the amount you have to pay before you can even then pay to rent out your new movie. But the worst thing of it all was, okay, at least for me, right, and this might unlock some memories for you if it was the same in your friend group, <clears throat> but so we used to rent DVDs, all right? And you have to have like an extra vision account or you have to be signed up in store for you, for you to rent DVDs. Um, so I remember my parents, like they'd be going to work and they'd be like, right, you need to bring the DVDs back today because we're not paying the late fees. You need to bring the DVDs back today because if you don't bring them back today, we'll get the fees because my mom would always be like, it's in my name. It's in my name. And I don't know if you remember, that was a really big thing about taking out DVDs from Extravision, the whole concept of it, it being in my name. Because whoever the DVD was in the name of, it was taken out in the name of, those were the people who were responsible for the DVDs and those were the people who were responsible for paying the late fees. So I remember when, when we were younger and you'd like have DVDs rented from Extravision and you'd be like calling up to one of the lads' house and they'd be like, oh, will you bring up the DVD rented? So I'd be like, yeah, but I'm telling you now, guys, I'm telling you now, this DVD has to be back in store by 4 p.m. And they'd be like, ah, but, and I'd be like, no, seriously, guys, it's in my mom's name. It's in my mom's name now, so I have to, you know, all this, like, <laughs> like, in my mom's fucking name. And you used to be, I used to be, at least, petrified, shitting it, 
in case I didn't bring the DVDs back in time and my parents then would have a late fee and they would be fuming in our fucking name Adam in our fucking name you know it used to be such a big fucking deal these late fees and god in the name of like that really had just triggered some fucking memories for me it was just oh it was the craziest thing but again extravision was also the best thing I think I think it was a time where we enjoyed consuming entertainment it was just a simpler time before the, the net the streaming giants you know I just thought it was so funny thinking back to that's something that we actually had to do. We actually had to like engage in these little inconveniences just to rent a fucking DVD. It seems crazy now. But, and I mean, look, if any of us have younger siblings, that's probably a world that they don't even know about. And look, I'm, I'm better for them. Um, Extravision, of course, then went bust. <clears throat> Once the streaming giants had, you know, become titans of our consumption, Exhibition went bust. I mean, uh, there was a point, I'm sure, they were adding like 10 new stores a week back in the day, back in the boom. Um, And I think at their peak, they maybe had like over 200 stores in Ireland, which it's not that hard to believe. Most towns had one. And now they're nothing. They are nothing. I think they actually had sold their title a couple of years back, maybe around... God, it was very early on, but I think they had actually sold it to the American Blockbuster. So the American Blockbuster were actually running shit, but doing so under the name of Extravision. And they had gone bust, and they're bust now. And I think the only thing that remains of Extravisions, these old relics of um, almost like they have these like vending machines. I think you might see them like in the likes of Tesco's and Super Values. They have Extravision vending machines where you like pay, you know, money with your card at the vending machine and the money that you want to rent, like a DVD, sorry, the DVD that you want to rent will pop out and you have three days then to return it, which I can't imagine is making any money. I truly, really cannot with with streaming services, but I just thought it was so fucking funny thinking back to the days of the days of yonder fucking Extravision. I would also like to add that, at least in my experience in Cove of going to Extravision, everyone who worked in there was a fucking cunt. I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry if any of you villagers are listening right now and you had previously, you know, were occupied or your occupation was extravision. Cons, cons, cons across the board. I don't know if it was like a requirement to work on extravision that you had to be a cunt. But it seemed to attract a lot of cons. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what about the dazzling DVD rental industry attracts so many cons. But it did. Like, when you were going to rent out a DVD, it was a hassle for them. It was an inconvenience. You were inconveniencing them going up and renting your DVD. Um, I don't know if that was a universal thing. Maybe some of you guys had some very pleasant experience with extravision workers. I did not. Like I said, I thought they were all cons. <laughs> oh, I know. But, oh, my God, it's just so weird thinking back to the days of extravision. And that was, like, a fucking thing. It's in my name. It's in my mom's name. I has to go back. I has to go back. <laughs> Oh, I hope this wasn't just, like, a weird experience that me and my friends had. My God, Exhibition really, truly changed the world. So, anyway, while I was out walking with this friend, okay, another mind popper. We were chatting, and, you know, I think one of the worst things that can happen to anybody, and this is a universal thing, is the concept of being overheard. Because just by its very definition, being overheard means that someone 
is after hearing something that was said in the moment that was not supposed to be heard by especially that individual you know and it's something that we've all fallen victim to and it's a fucking terrible terrible thing when you're caught by the fucking balls and that person that bitch has heard what you said when you directly did not want her to hear what you said (laughs) you know there's nothing worse um it's just and you know what like when you're in that situation when you've been overheard when you're the person who has been overheard you have two options really don't you one option is the whole i didn't say that at all i didn't say that at all and they're like i just heard john like no i you, you want to check your hearing you want to check your hearing and check it fast because that's not what i said at all you're lying one of your options is to lie is to just blatantly lie you know it's gaslighting really <clears throat> in all its beauty and then the second option is right is is confrontation the second option is you have to you either you either it's fight or flight you're either lie i shouldn't say that at all <clears throat> or it's yeah i said it i said it and what and what and i said it and i say it again and what about it do you know it's either you're 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 fighting or you're running in, in that situation the last time i think i've been overheard we were down at this um titanic bar and grill place um on the island and i had fallen out with one of my friends i fallen out with my friend kate um and i had read her for filth in the group chat in front of everybody because we we're having an argument and i was like right i was like and you know the way when you're reading someone in a group chat it's different than reading someone privately because in, in when you're reading someone in a group chat you have an audience all right it's you know it's like i'm a performer and the group chat is my stage i have a captive audience who is living on my every word right now so if i'm going to read kate she's going to get read in a way that's going to be enjoyable for everybody to consume you know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an art piece so she got red 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 raw to the ground okay to the ground <laughs> she was not happy not happy that she got read the way that she got read in front of the group chat like that like i did to her i had to do it to her i had to do it i had to do it to her but she did not like that and she left the group chat you know those big gr- dramatic like kate mccarthy has left the group chat and everyone's like <gasps> oh my god she's gone you guys she's gone you know it's very dramatic statement piece when someone leaves the group chat then you have those cunts that like get too fond of the leaving and the re-entering the group chat and it doesn't have the same effect but but kate wasn't someone who did that like kate leaving the group chat everyone was like oh my god she's gone she left the group chat it was a statement a very powerful statement uh you know, it also kind of made it out like she was bullied out of there. She was not bullied out of there, nothing of the sort. She just did not like to read what was said. Um, so anyway, my friends then had like, I guess, had jumped more on her side. That, oh, the way that she got read, that, you know, we're going to kind of like rally a bit more in her corner. Of course, of course, which is always the way in my friend group. They will always side with anyone who I have to go up against. Um, because they'd love to see me go down. They'd love to see me go down, but not one of them, not one of them has the fucking balls to go up against it. 
Oh my god. Thank god none of my friends listen to this podcast. They don't. But anyway, so me and Kate were on the outs, all right? I did not know that everybody was kind of teaming up on, on Team Kate. I didn't. I did not know that. So I was down in the Titanic and I had overheard a group of the group talking because I was late in and we had a table booked and I was late in. So I'd overheard them talking, being like, oh, that was lousy what fucking Riley said about Kate in the group chat. Was lo- he didn't need to read her like that. Like, he did not need to read her down to the ground, read her to filth like that. It was just lousy, why, and I, and I don't like it, you know? All of them, this was like the popular consensus among the group that, um, that I, you know, I was being read. <clears throat> um, and I actually, it wasn't me who had overheard this, but it was my friend Kahal who had overheard this you know, the group chat, or the group had turned on me, and there was a mutiny going on, um, <clears throat> so he'd actually come, and when I'd walked in the door, and he was like, just letting you know what I overheard, <laughs> you know, he was only too happy to, to stir the pot, and he was like, there seems to be a movement against you in the group, they seem to be, you know, siding, you know, they seem to be feeling some type of way about the way that you read that girl <clears throat> in front of everyone, and they're all like bitching about you over at the table now. So I was like, okay, I was like, look, thank you very much for this information. You know, thank you. Because it's all, you know, if there's ever a mutiny going against you in the group chat, you need that one rat, don't you, that's going to come over to you and like whisper sweet nothings in your ear and let you know what's what. You need that in any power dynamic. <clears throat> so sorry, I just have so much phlegm in my throat. <laughs> so what I had done is I had gone to the bar. And I had ordered um, a bottle of champagne and 10 glasses with the strawberries to be sent over to my table with my friends who were reading me. Um, and I was going to go over with them and the bottle of champagne was going to go down as well with them. <clears throat> and they were all sat there and they all gulped the champagne. And you're asking me, Adam, why did you send a bottle of champagne over to a group of people that were just reading you? And the thing was, it wasn't a peace offering, if that's what you're thinking. It certainly was not a peace offering. It was more of a... You don't know that I know that you were reading me. So I'm going to sit there and watch you fucking gulp down my champagne. You greedy, traitorous pigs. <laughs> you know? So that when it did come out, you know, it was very tactical for me. Because I knew, of course, that someone was going to bring it up later on in the night. And, you know, I was going to, it was going to have to be like fucking the people versus OJ. Me being OJ. You know, I was going to have to go, go up against the whole congregation. You know, they all wanted my blood. And it wasn't even that they were like super supportive of Kate, but it was more so the fact that this like, oh, this is an opportunity for us to take down Riley in a big way. You know, we finally have an excuse. We finally have the troops, enough troops to really go to get a good hit at him, make a real good job of it. But of course, here I am still standing, still a pivotal role in that group. Um... And, you know, so I sat there, watched them all gulp, greedy little pigs, greedy little traitorous pigs, gulping down daddy champagne. Because I knew, like I said, that the attack would be coming later on in the night. <clears throat> and when they did, when they did, and they were like, look, we just feel a certain type of way about you reading, Kate. And I was like, oh, really? You feel a certain type of way? Well, you weren't feeling that type of way when you were drinking daddy champagne, were you? No, you weren't. And you gulped it down, didn't you? Gulp, 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 little piggy. Drinking daddy champagne. You didn't have an issue then, did you? And they were like, well, 
Well, you and I was like, no, 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 no. You drank, you drank my poison. You sat and break bread, and you drank my poison. That thirty euro bottle of champagne went down your guzzler far too much, and there all of you want to fucking bend me over the table and do me up the gicker for something that I said in the group chat. Well, and that was soon took the wind out of their fucking sails. The mutiny was no more, and they knew that they made a mistake because they did not know that I had overheard. <laughs> And they knew then that their plan was over and done with. <laughs> and, yeah, and I remain <laughs> in that group. Beloved, actually. Beloved beyond words. And you know what? I know we're on a tangent here. But the thing about group chats is. And if, if, you're, um, if you are blessed to be in a group chat with good friends like I am. The group chat can be such a beautiful place. It's a shady place. It is a place where you will read your friends like no one else will read them. And it's funny and it's shady and you're spilling secrets and you're spilling tea and you're winding each other up. So that is like to me when all these people had an issue about my reading in the group chat. And I was like, you know what? You guys don't understand. You really don't. Because you guys want to partake in a group chat that's fun and that it's lively and it's shady and it's active. There's new content going into the group chat every single day. And and you guys, you know, you're either a performer or you're a member of the audience. And you have to make your peace with that. And that's fine. And you can sit there and be an observer. Because to be honest, a lot of you aren't adding a lot to the group chat. And I'm sure you have group chats where a lot of people, a lot of members don't add a whole damn lot. No one wants to hear about their day and they're not really cracking the jokes. So excuse me, at times, yes, for having to be a little messy in the group chat. Stir the pot a little play devil's advocate, and possibly even pull a few strings to give you all the daily entertainment and keep a hustling and bustling and vibrant group chat that we have today. Because we can do the alternative. We can all sit down and hear about Jacintha's day and how that went. Uh, who cares about that? Nobody, Jacintha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jacintha. Nobody cares about your day. Um, and, you know, Jacintha's not turning any tricks. She's not bringing any, like, amazing gossip to the group chat. So excuse me for having to get a little messy sometimes and getting my hands dirty in order to create that atmosphere for you guys. And it's shit for thanks. Truly is shit for thanks. But that is just one of my examples of being overheard, which, (laughs) again, turned out great for me. And oftentimes these stories, the, the the topic of being overheard, usually, you know, more often than not, it ends in a very negative way. And I think something that we all all nearly all become victim of, I know that I have, is when you're talking to someone, you know, say in Messenger or whatever, I, me and my friends, we talk on Messenger a lot. We don't use Facebook, but we talk on Messenger. I don't really like WhatsApp. I don't really talk to people on WhatsApp. I have a very select few people who I talk to on WhatsApp. I'm a Messenger type of person. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, and, and the dangerous thing is you're talking to someone, right? But you're also talking to someone else, someone who you might be even a bit closer to, whatever. Um, or not even a bit closer, but look, different conversations are happening. And you want to screenshot what someone just said that you were having a conversation with. And you want to send the screenshot to the other person that you're having the conversation with. How many of us have found ourselves in the predicaments where we have sent the screenshot to the person that we actually, you know, took the context from, who that screenshot is from, or how many of us have <laughs> been so close to reading that person in them, when you're having these two simultaneous chats that are going on at the same time, how many of us have nearly sent the screenshot or the reading to the person who it is about? Oh my God, it happens to me like on the fucking daily. It's a rush like no other. And you know, it's, it's more often than not, it's a close call. It's a close call. You're like, oh. you're like, oh my God. If I had press sent, oh my God, I don't even want to think. And of course, then your options are, your options are like, fuck it. I've sent it to them. We're going, there's, again, it's going to be confrontation or it's lie. It's lie. You know, you, you looked, you took a screenshot <clears throat> and you'd have to be like, send it back to them. And they're like, huh, what? Why are you sending me a screenshot of what I just said? And then I'd be like, no, look what I said. Or, oh, no. Sorry, my lie was, and I was thinking about this recently, <clears throat> scratch everything I just said for the last 10 seconds. My lie was that if you do end up sending a screenshot to that person who's not supposed to receive the screenshot, what you say is, oh shit, I actually got a little not- pop down notification on my phone, it's a message from blah 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 that I wanted to send to you without opening their message. Huh? How good is that? How good is that? And then you're like, oh, obviously I missed it. I missed it. It was too late with the screenshot. And then they're like, all right, who was it? And then you can just elaborate on your lie. You know, it doesn't matter. You can elaborate on the lie. That's a way to get out of it. But fuck, this whole thing, like, God, there's been just too many close calls for me. And you know, another thing is like when you want to keep your business kind of private. And I don't mean just like your secrets and your gossip and your, your trauma. But you know, it's the same kind of concept of being overheard like when you're like at the shop or whatever when you're in spare and your car gets declined do you know and you're trying to buy something that's like worth a euro and your account is in the negative okay because you've been overdrafting that shit and they're like oh the car's declined and you're like six people behind you in the queue you're like watch your mouth watch your fucking mouth oh and they're like do you want to try it again and you're like looking over your shoulder and people are like oh my god he's broke he's broke and it's just the worst you're like keep your fucking voice down are you kidding me do you know um, <clears throat> or it's like if you're like at pre-drinks with a group of friends and you've like opened up about trauma or whatever like you've trauma bonded with someone the week before and you're sitting down in a circle sometimes my friends love to be not messy but there's a very kind of I don't know maybe a real housewives element to it where we're sitting around a table and instead of like breaking up into twos someone will be like so Adam, what you were saying last week, how do you feel about it in front of everyone? I'm like, keep your fucking voice down. Are you kidding me? You know, it's like people bringing up your business, you know, and discuss it in front of the group, which I love. Look, I do love it. 
But it is this whole thing about being overheard. It's just one of the worst things ever. Um, I asked you guys to send in some examples of when you've been overheard. So I'm just going to take a quick look-see. Now before I, I, while I'm looking at your guys' messages, we also have to talk about the, the whole the, the intentional being overheard when you want to be overheard and that's when we mutter something under our breath you know because that is like this in-between place of I want you to hear me but I don't you know so it's like if you're having an argument with someone and they're like are oh, we good now we're good we're good we're good and you're like yeah we're good we're good look let's just move on and you know let's just try and start afresh with each other let's really just you know Try to get to know each other on a fundamental level and just try to grow closer together. And then when they're getting up, you know, from the table and you're like, <clears throat> fat cunt. <laughs> she is a fat cunt. And they're like, what? And you're like, nothing. I didn't say anything. And they're like, I heard you under my breath. You called me a fat cunt. And then you're like, either again, I didn't say that. You're paranoid. Or you're like, yeah, I did call you a fat cunt, you know? So there is just being overheard. It's a very complex issue. It really and truly is. I was actually reading uh, online some online psychological articles. Um, and they were saying that a, a lot of common a fear that a lot of people have. They have this like irrational fear. I guess it's based in anxiety of being overheard in general. Like what I would say to anyone suffering with that kind of anxiety is you cannot be afraid. You cannot be afraid and look the most powerful move you can make is not to deny that you said it the most powerful move you can make is if someone overhears you is to repeat it and say it with your chest it's always better to go in on the offense and the defense in these kind of situations in my opinion because you, you don't want to be made look like a fool go on say it go on say say what you said and you're like no no that's just comes off as very weak meek meek um, and you don't want to be seen like that, especially if you're just arriving at confrontation. You want to come in like a titan. I said what I said is basically what you want to be like. Um, <laughs> my God. Talk to my friends. <laughs> they probably fucking hate me. <laughs> no, I'm actually really cool. I'm not the, the drama starter in my group at all. I'm actually definitely the cool one. That everyone just wants to get to know better. 100%. Sure, I can be messy and sure i know how to read it's actually reading is like as matilda said to miss honey well i love to read <laughs> you know i truly do it's a performance piece but um no i'm actually very very level-headed in all of these situations okay so i got in this message from a listener um and this was a good one i was bitching about my dad's ex-girlfriend from years ago and her fat kids in a small cafe in derry <laughs> Not the fat kids. <laughs> they all lived in England, so I had no fear telling my friend about them. In quotations. She, ha she was a hag gold digger whore, and the kids were the definition of if you can't lift her, don't shift her, complete brats. End quotation. Oh my God, you're really going in on the fat kids. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> And then I got into telling the story to my friend of how me and my sister, when we were younger, used to parent trap her. We put red dye in her shampoo. So this is in quotations. She was telling her friend, we put red hair dye in her shampoo and conditioner um, and her roots went red. Garlic in her toothpaste, end quotations. 
tell me why this bitch was staring me out the corner of her eye the whole time and my short-sighted Egypt eyes hadn't clocked. The whole family of them were there. They heard everything. And the ex-girlfriend walked over and was like, Hi honey, fancy seeing you here. Died isn't the word. Had to give it to her. She looked class though. Certainly glow up since leaving my dad. Easily done. Gave me goals. Can't wait to teach my ex-stepkids a lesson like that. <laughs> but look, that is the the exact example. Couldn't be better of... Because typically when you're speaking and you get overheard, you're speaking in a place like a train or something like that where you think that you there's no... The chances of the person I'm speaking about hearing what I'm saying are so low that I feel confident enough to say it out loud and proud in front of everybody. Because this whole, this whole bitch's family, the stepmom, were a whole country away. They were in England. They're English. And not own. oh my God, it's just, when you want the ground to swallow you up out of the corner of your eye, you saw stepmom and the fat Von Trops sitting there who have just heard every single word Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I feel that fear for you, that like gut-wrenching nausea, that because ah! that is the epitome. That's the epitome of being overheard. I couldn't have said it better myself. You think you're safe and you're not. You're not. You're in you in danger, girl. Oh. And the fact that that stepmom, okay, that Cruella was able to walk over to you and be like fancy seeing you here (laughs) like we have to give it to her because we have to give it to her we have to give it to these people in these situations where they decide to boss on up okay and they come and then they come and face to face it you have to give it to them and i have to give it to you that you were able to look at her in that kind of respect you were able to respect this bitch and be like okay yes Yes, I can respect that you came over after you heard me reading you to the ground and you're going to come over and say hello and fancy seeing you here and you respected that out of her and in turn it's something that you'd like to do to your future stepkids when they're bitching about you. I'm glad that you were able to take kind of a quiet respect in that. Now I'm sure that she did not. (laughs) But look, sounds like she's hot now. So good for her. And we have the ears to thank for all of this. The ears, you know, as much of a blessing as the ability to hear is. Obviously, as you can see, it comes with some drawbacks. But I mean, like, we have to be thankful for our ears. They give us our sense of of balance. The hardest bone belongs in the body. The temporal bone to protect the inner ear. The smallest bone, the stirrup bone, is also inside of the ear. Um, The ears are always working, by the way. So even when we're asleep, our ears are still listening to things, but it's like we've trained the ear. Or I mean, I guess the brain has trained the ear. So it's capable of ignoring like quieter sounds around us. But then the ears then will only send these, I guess, impulses to the brain when we hear loud, unexpected noises while we're asleep. And then that is obviously to wake up and that's a defense mechanism. Um, but like for the most part, ears they're incredible like i mean as far as how it works i'm not really sure but the sound waves so i guess like almost like vibrations they reach your ear and the different parts of the ear 
will convert that and then in the inner ear they will turn these sound waves these vibrations coming from our surroundings into electrical impulses and then those electrical impulses are fed to the brain so that you know the brain can understand the electrical frequency as a sound okay now i'm not an ear expert but that seems to be that on on the hearing um i'm looking i had another message that i wanted to read out that was sent in from you guys um <clears throat> i lived in a shared house with a few girls most of us were from derry slash belfast hey dan oh maybe i should read this in a in a northern ireland accent then <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm like actually even start our <laughs> wait a minute i may need to get into it i need to do my like um Lorraine and Spain, Lorraine and Spain, I lived in a shared house with a few girls. Most of us were from Derry, Belfast. Just a random house share. But <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. <clears throat> oh, I. But there was an Italian girl. Oh my god. Oh my god, what a culturing, cultural mixing pot this house is. <clears throat> I lived in a shared house with a few girls, most of us were from Derry slash Belfast. Just as a random house share, but there was this Italian girl who lived there and also she was so standoffish all the time. So messy and... <laughs> I can't, I'm not doing the accent, you guys, I'm not doing the accent because I can hear it through the headphones in a sense. More like Miss Piggy being like, oh, Kermy, <laughs> or something, do you know? <laughs> so I'm not doing it. <clears throat> she was so standoffish all the time, so messy, and would execute you with her eyes if you ever sat on her chair in the kitchen. She used to pile up all the dishes because we'd be at home the weekends. She'd be the only one to leave and she'd leave sticky notes asking us to clean up after ourselves, even though she was the only one in the gap. She was a major fucking sourpuss, lol. One day, me and another girl got chatting about her, thinking she was out. Her room was right beside the kitchen. We started off gentle, just the dishes situation. Eventually, we were slagging the way she ate a box of shortbread a day like a rabbit. <laughs> Doing impressions of her moody ass, reenacting her signing, her, <clears throat> her singing, everything down to her granny fleeces. Oh, not the granny fleeces. After 40 minutes, we hear the toilet flush and the bedroom door slam behind her. She said nothing but stole all her cutlery. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that is <laughs> one of the worst situations of being overheard because it's it's one of these situations which often happens when, in instances of overhearing when you have to, when the question is left on the table, did the person hear or didn't they? Was I or overheard or was I was I not? That is a real terrible situation to be in. I've often been in that situation where you've been reading the neck off someone. And then you're like, fuck, did they hear? Did they not hear? So then the next time you see them, you have to be like, hey, hey, what, what's up? Hey, how are you? How are you? How are, how are you? How are you really? You know, you have to come in with this like real fake nicety about you. And then like oh, just waiting, you're just testing the water to see how they react. And you have to gauge from their reaction, their response and be like, fuck, she knows. <laughs> she knows or that they don't know. That is one of the worst instances of um, of being overheard. 
no, someone sent in like I'm loads of there was loads of messages sent in, but I'm only just picking out a couple to fit into the episode. Oh yeah, so this guy says, "I was overheard at a sesh telling people some in quotations straight end quotations fella was on grinder and rinding lads. I myself am a homo, so don't come for me." Okay, and well, look, what I'll say about this is, I don't like that. Okay. Because when you're dealing with these in quotation straight guys, writing guys and whatever, they're clearly feeling some type of way about their sexuality. So I for one never, you know, will repeat that information if I find out someone is, you know, living a straight life and being straight and whatever, you know, sexuality is, in my opinion, a spectrum. So, you know, you needn't bore yourself with labels. But, um, you see, I would never do that. I would never gossip about someone's sexuality like that because I know what that's like and it is not a nice feeling and no one wants to be exposed. So you would never catch me doing that. It's a dangerous game that you're playing, sir. Um, but look, whatever. It's whatever. You know, the game's a game. There's another message that I don't really want to get into, but it was from a girl and she said that, I can't remember if it was a girl or a guy, but they said that they were out on the train again anyway, coming back for some business conference. Um, and there was like a businessman um, in, in the seat across from her or ahead of her, or whatever. <clears throat> and she overheard him talking to his wife, being like, um, Oh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to go home and ride you so hard. You'll be shitting like a rust, you'll be shitting like rusty water for the week. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, that is just fucking vile, vile. <clears throat> I remember. Um, <clears throat> this wasn't necessarily a, a circumstance of being overheard, but um, I remember I had to call into someone's house before. <clears throat> they were having trouble with their their internet or whatever, their connection. Um, or they were just not able to do something anyway. So they asked me to, and they were very technologically, I guess, stupid. So they were asking me to check out their, or like, see what the problem was, because their YouTube wasn't playing. So the laptop opened up anyway, and I was in anyway, checking it out for them. And, like, I could see on their YouTube, like, in their, like, recommended and, like, previously viewed videos, because it was all there on the homepage. It was, like, <laughs> it was just a lot of, like, I don't know. It was, like, cross-dressing stuff. Like, a lot of different cross-dressing stuff. Um, again, and there's absolutely no shame in that at all. At all. But I could tell for this person, there was definitely an element of internal shame. And I was like, and I just kept my mouth shut and went about my business and never repeated that information to anybody. Um, I mean, this doesn't really count because this is just a, for instance, you don't know this person, you don't know, I'll be talking about anybody in the world. Um, and I know for a fact they don't listen to this podcast. Um... And that was just kind of a thing of being like, ooh, like sometimes it's just better to bite your tongue and go about your business. <laughs> that is a story for another day because that is a very interesting story. But I don't really want to get into it right now because we're what? Coming up on 50 minutes into the episode and I want to kind of call it there because um, remember, like I said, the, the listener email is open up. It's opened up. So it's if you want to write an email to the podcast, it's mindpopperspod at gmail.com. I said that if you had any advice that you wanted to send in, that you could send it in. Or sorry, if you had anything that you needed advice on, you could send it in. 
and we'd do our best to give you some advice um, at the podcast. So this person writes in, Hi Adam, please keep my name from my email anon please. Long time follower and big fan of the pod. I like this girl already. I heard you say you wanted to start an agony and for lack of a better term, <clears throat> definitely for lack of a better term, on the pod and couldn't help but send you an email about the boring but hurtful situation I'm in. I do feel super creepy doing this hee hee. <laughs> Your advice and opinions will hopefully be a humorous version of the cold hard truth that I'm pretending not to see which is what I need right now to feel sane in my first world problems. I've heard you say on your story slash pod that your group of mates have been your group of mates since forevers. They have. I've been lucky enough, and as much as I do get tested, and I do, I have been lucky enough to have the same great group of friends for God, like, I want to say like 15 years, you know, like a decade and a half. And, you know, it's the, the people that I hope that I see out the rest until they're all dead, you know, and I have to find new friends. Um, I always felt so privileged to have the same group of friends my whole life. No drama ever and no problems. A happy group of friends of complete equals. Went to all my first discos with them, lived in Canada with them, traveled Asia with them, lich everything. I hate when people say lich. In summer 2020, when the restrictions went out the window, we were fresh out of lockdown and we were all buzzing to be reunited. We had been communicating all lockdown nonstop and honestly, I couldn't wait to see my pals again. As expected, the first few park sessions were so fun and we all had a blast. August then creeps in. You know when your gut tells you something before your brain even comprehends what the fuck is going on? Well, my gut was screaming out that they had made a new group chat without me. I was like, oh my God, hardly. They avo didn't. <laughs> okay, who am I talking to, Paris Hilton? There was about two weeks where nothing was said in our group chat. It was a group chat of eight girls. It went from being talked in all day, every day to complete silence. I thought this was weird seeing as I never missed a meetup and I'm a very good texter. So it's not like I was just some ghost in a group chat who reads all the messages but never texts back. Oh God, I hate them. I was racking my brain trying to figure out why they've said nothing, why they've not said anything in two weeks as I did absolutely nothing wrong. I started seeing stories on Insta of them meeting up together. Oh, those bitches. Now I knew for a fact a new group chat was made. It also gone beyond the point of me texting one of them asking why this is happening. As my feelings were hurt to the point of refusing to even reach out, I felt annoyed and unwanted, mortified and confused. My gals of 18 years just randomly ghosted me. So weird, right? I finally built up the courage one month later to ask one of them privately if they'd like to meet for a coffee and a catch-up. She said no because... <laughs> period. No. She said no because she had to help her mom change the sheets in all the bedrooms of her house that day. <laughs> Oh my god, what is wrong with your mother? She got arthritis of the fingers? Can you cope with this excuse? I then reached out to friend number two, and she'd agreed to meet up, so long as friend three and four could come too. I thought this was random, but I agreed to meet them for a milkshake. Please take into consideration my nerves before meeting them. I have no clue what's to be expected. Look, I am a listener, dear listener. I am no stranger to a group chat mutiny, let me tell you that. <clears throat> they were so normal with me, as if nothing had happened. 
like word vomit. I asked them pretty much as soon as we sat with our milkshakes why I was being ghosted. I explained how awful it felt to be excommunicated from a group chat when I didn't do anything wrong. I simply just existed. They apologised and said that, oh my god, that we didn't even realise. We had this group from ages ago. LOL, what the fuck, hardly. I simply couldn't believe that they thought I was born yesterday. Then... They then asked me to come out for brunch on Sunday as they forgot to mention it in our original group chat. I said no as I felt very tag-along-y at this point and that I was hurt to be invited so last minute. They begged and said no please come. Honestly this is just a misunderstanding so there's no reason that you shouldn't. I swallowed my pride and met them for brunch at the arranged time 2pm. They were all already there, drinks on table, and I arrived at 1.55pm. We're back. <gasps> oh no. <clears throat> oh no. You arrived five minutes early and these cunts are already there for their 2pm appointment with drinks in front of them. <gasps> uh oh. Terrible, 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 terrible start to that. The day went well and we all had so much fun. It genuinely felt like nothing had ever happened. I went home feeling fulfilled and hopeful. Bam. That was the last I heard of them. The group chats was still never spoken to again and it's now March 2021 and still nothing. They replied to my stories often enough, keeping me sweet. They individually and privately wished me a happy birthday in November as if nothing ever happened. But I am so shocked to be essentially ghosted by my lifelong group of friends for what appears to be no reason. They're still flat out meeting up and constantly posting wholesome family pics to the gram. It's killing me. And all this time later, I'm still devastated and confused. I'm so nervous to go back to normal life and have to bump into them on a night out or something. I'm also too nice to even act mean or nasty to them. I hate confrontation and I would honestly be like, hey gals, which they do not deserve. How they can treat someone like this as if they're on, as if they're dirt, dust, they're treating you like dust on the ground is beyond me. Any opinions, any advice on how to fuck these bitches up? Any thoughts on perhaps why this has happened? Hoping you can offer some witty insights. Just an FYI, I have no interest in building bridges now and I am beyond hurt and couldn't think of anything worse than being back friends with people who completely disregarded my entire existence for no reason. No pressure to feature this on the pod by the way as I'm aware it's quite lengthy. To be honest, I think typing it out has made me feel half better. So your work here is done lol. But do feel free to include this if it is up to your standards. Well, lucky for you, dear listeners, to slow day in the office. P.S. Your podcast is amazing and I genuinely look forward to it every week. You should be so proud. But the fact that you're 40 plus episodes deep into the pod and haven't made a Patreon is mental. Get that cash. Kindness and warmest regards. Redacted. This is... It's not fucking nice. I remember I got this email like it was actually like two weeks ago and it wasn't a nice email to receive that feeling of someone. You know what it instinctually made me feel like? It made me feel like, remember when you were younger and you were with you with the group of friends and they had all plied and plotted that the joke of the day was going to be like, they were all going to like suddenly just like run away from you and you didn't know why you need to like chase after them. And like the whole joke was, okay, we're just running away from this person and we're not telling them why. And it was like, 
so hurtful because it just like I don't know reignited all these like abandonment traumas that you've been holding on to that is what I got from that and I am so sorry listener that this has happened to you for no reason I mean look doesn't sound like there's a reason unless you were being a horrible friend and decided to leave that information out it just seems so bizarre why you why were you excommunicated from that group I don't got no advice. I feel your pain. I mean, I don't feel your pain. I'm still very much in contact with all my childhood friends. (laughs) And that's not a brag or a boast. It's just the fact of reality. We can't let emotions muddy the waters of reality here. I feel for you. I feel for you. And I feel proud of you is what I want to say. I'm proud of you. And I think everyone else listening is proud of you too that you've come out the other side it sounds and yes while you're still holding on to some hurt absolutely and that's so understandable that you are ready to go on and live your life you are not letting these people make you keep your life on pause and we and mind poppers and the listeners we're proud of you we are so (laughs) we're so proud of you okay you're doing amazing sweetie you see any advice that I had to give for you to fuck these bitches up like you said that you're not a confrontational person so any of my advice I don't think you know because my advice would be life ruining to these girls truly life ruining so I don't think that you have the capacity to carry out the terrible terrible things that I would advise you to do um and I would I, I only wish that I could just do a freaky Friday with you and take your body for a day and be you for a day so I could really go and fuck some fuck some girls up for you. I would love nothing more than to beat some women for you. <laughs> I would love nothing more to get physical with some, girl, with some girls for you. But I can't do that, unfortunately. I can't. All I can say is that I am proud of you. We are proud of you. So proud of you that you've been able to get through this and come out on the, better, on the other side. Not totally unscathed but doing better you know for me it would I guess I would have this long knowing I'd have to know I would have to know for myself why why me I mean for closure I guess and just for the theater of it all I'd probably invite them all out again just once out of the blue and if you're in a place where you just want answers and you don't need any kind of reconciliation with these heifers I would sit them down and be like, tell me and tell me why. Tell me why I was excommunicated. Just give me that. Have the decency, you heifers, of telling me why. And then I'll leave it at that. You won't ever have to hear from me again. But just tell me fucking why. What did I do that was so bad to you, you girls, who have been my friends for 20 years, that you would turn around and do me like this? Tell me that and tell me no more. I'd need answers. That in my spirit, I would need answers. All right? When you get the answers, then you can fuck them up because you've nothing to lose. But I need the answers. And please let me know if there is a follow-up to this. If you did go out and search for those answers. But we are proud of you for living a better life now. And that's not an easy thing to do. Cutting out a friend is never an easy thing to do. Being cut out by a group of friends for no apparent reason, it's unforgivable. It is totally unforgivable. And I hope you find answers. And I hope you find light in your life. (laughs) Anybody else has any problems? Just, I mean, look, we all, I know you all have a plethora of problems. I know I do. 
And you want it to be verbalized aloud in the hope of finding some sort of peace or therapy from it. Like I said, I'll leave the email down below in the description, the episode notes. It's the mind pop. It's the at is mindpopperspod at gmail.com. You can send your emails there and we'll get to them every couple of episodes. Um, again, I just want to say before we finish up, I have to thank all of the Richie Richies who opened up their pocketbooks pocketbooks and reached in you know and just widened the purse strings and supported the mind poppers podcast in a financial way it means a great deal to us so thank you so much for that i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the mind poppers podcast it was a bit of everything really wasn't it (laughs) but i so enjoyed it um god it's just like it's nice having someone to talk to which i understand it's myself but it does not this doesn't feel like i'm talking to myself you know Um, I feel like you guys are hearing it in real time and god I just love to talk (laughs) that is it for me in the mind poppers podcast for this week on overhearing and I guess the days of yonder of extravision like I said hit me up on the email you can support the podcast with a link in the episode notes in the meantime stay woke Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.